Good morning. And welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church on this first Sunday of Advent. What a blessed day for us to gather in the house of the Lord. We're thankful for all of you who are worshiping in person and online. If you could take a moment and sign in in the pew pad at the end of your pew, we would appreciate that. Or if you're worshiping online, leave a comment so we'll know who's joining us. Just a few announcements before we begin our time of worship. If you miss the United Women in Faith Boutique, it will be open in the Chestnut Lobby immediately following uh, worship. It's a great opportunity for you to get Christmas cards and, and gifts and all proceeds go to missions for the United Women of Faith. Also, don't forget our angel tree. which is being lit now as we speak. <laughs> um, please, uh, if you'd like to help with the Salvation Army Angel, please take one, sign up on the, uh, on the list so we will know which number you received. Let us prepare ourselves for worship. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come and be among us. Draw us closer to you in this coming season. May we be renewed and found faithful. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
you would stand as we sing together our opening hymn, number 211, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. our faith together the words to the apostles creed can be found on your screen on the screen or your worship bulletin i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth and in jesus christ his only son our lord who was conceived by the holy spirit born of the virgin mary suffered under pontius pilate was crucified dead and buried the third day he rose from the dead he ascended into heaven and sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. And now we worship our God with our tithes and offering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in this season of giving, we're thankful for the gift of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we offer these gifts to you, praying that you would bless them 
and guide us in their use for your glory and for the coming of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we move to our time of morning prayer, just a word for you children. We are not having children's church today, but Miss Catherine invites you to help her with the celebration of the Chrismon. So if you'd like to move forward to the second row or sitting with Miss Catherine, you'll have a part to play later in the worship service. So we, we're looking forward to your participation with that. Let us pray. O come, O come, Emmanuel. We long for Jesus' presence with us in this broken world. For around us there is much hurt with sickness and mourning, with war, with addiction, with struggle, with loneliness, with need. God, we just pray that your healing presence be in all this and in our lives too, God. 
We anticipate the coming weeks ahead with great expectations, waiting to meet you once again and praying that your presence would show up in unexpected places and that your presence would continue to challenge us, offer us forgiveness, and help us to grow more like you. We continue to ask your blessings upon this church, our community, our nation, and our world. In the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Thank you, choir, for the beautiful music today. We've been blessed. Beautiful music every Sunday, I should say. So today is something a little bit different for the sermon time. To prepare ourselves for the Advent season, we're going to be looking at our beautiful Christmas tree and the ornaments which hang upon it, what they mean and how they help us with worship. But before we begin this service, I'd like to draw your attention to the additional decoration in our sanctuary this Advent season. The evergreen ball comes to us from a time of the Middle Ages, when villagers would wind together twine and evergreen branches into a ramshackle ball shape in its center of this conglomeration of evergreen boughs, they would place a clay figure of an infant to represent the baby Jesus. And there's a baby Jesus in the to on top of this bough. These holy boughs, as they were called, would be hung from the ceiling along the passageways in castles and big houses to render blessings and good luck to all who passed under the bough and the holy infant. This evergreen ball hanging from our sanctuary chandelier is given in honor and memory of Mr. Hubert R. Owen and Mr. and Mrs. Lee S. Trotter by Mr. and Mrs. Charles Trotter. So this Sunday is the beginning of Advent, a season of waiting, anticipation, and preparation. The Israelites waited for the Messiah's coming, and we as Christians today wait for his return. We also wait for the joy of celebrating Christ's birth. So we can think of Advent much like a season of pregnancy. Whether it be in a Christmas at the manger or in his glorious second coming, we wait. One of the ways that we celebrate is by preparing and decorating our church for the upcoming Christmas season. Today, the Christmas tree is the center of our sanctuary decorations for Advent and Christmas. Glittering with lights and chrismons, it's part of the beauty and symbolism of this holy season. The first use of Christmas trees was in medieval German paradise plays held outdoors and portraying the creation of humankind. The tree was a fir tree decorated with apples. Later ornaments such as paper flowers and gilded nuts were added to the trees. In England, Branches or whole trees were forced to bloom indoors for Christmas. From these beginnings, the use of a tree at Christmas was established. Martin Luther, father of the Protestant Reformation, was perhaps one of the first to use lights or candles on a tree. While the Christmas tree is an important part of our decorations, the Christmas tree is different than what we have in our homes. This tree is extra special holding significant meaning and inviting us to recall the true meaning of the season. A chrismon is an evergreen tree placed in the chancel or nave of a church during Advent and Christmas. The chrismon tree was first used by Ascension Lutheran Church in Danville, Virginia in 1957. And since then, the practice has spread to many denominations and many churches including our own. As with ordinary Christmas trees, the evergreen tree itself symbolizes the eternal life that we find in Jesus. However, the Christmas tree differs from traditional Christmas trees because it is only decorated with clear lights and chrismons made with white and gold, which symbolize the purity and majesty of Jesus. Both colors are liturgical colors for the season of Christmas. The tree is meant to aid us in worship and draw us closer to Christ as we worship this time of year. The Christmas tree is adorned with ancient symbols, symbols for Christ or some part of Christ's ministry, such as a dove descending, a fish, a Celtic cross, a Jerusalem cross, the shepherd's crook, a chalice, a shell, and others. The word for Christmon is a combination of the words Christ and monogram. 
These ornaments are a monogram for Jesus Christ. Lawrence Hull Stuckey writes, Because many symbols of the Christmon tree direct our attention to the nature and ultimate work of Christ, they can be helpful to us during the Advent season. They can also be a biblical touchstone to us for our ancient faith, helping us to remember that we are part of a long line of believers. This day, as we worship, we're going to examine these special ornaments. We're going to look at several of them. This is not a comprehensive list, but a partial list. And it's my hope that you will gain a deeper and new appreciation for the tree and what the symbols mean. And I pray that you will take advantage of this tree during the Advent season to draw you deeper in faith and closer to Christ. The first ornament is the Alpha and Omega. And I'm th thankful for the children who are going to help us by placing each of these ornaments on the tree, and then you will find the ornaments on the screen before you so you can see them. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is, was coming, and the Almighty. In the Greek alphabet, the first letter is Alpha, and the last is Omega, thus signifying the beginning and the end. These two Greek letters used as a monogram for Jesus remind us that Jesus is the beginning and end of all things. In the scripture from Revelation and this symbolic ornament, we remember that in Jesus, the word, all things came into being, and upon his return will come his full reign. Jesus is Lord of what is, what was, and what will be. He was in the beginning, and so he will be in the end. The Star of David, or the Six-Pointed Star. While the Star of David is not found in Scripture, it is a symbol of our scriptural heritage and reminds us of God's work. The star has six points, which represent the six days in which God created. And the star has 12 sides, reminding us of the 12 tribes of Israel. For Christians, the Star of David is a way to honor our Jewish roots and the story of God in the Old Testament. For Christians, the two triangles which make up the star have come to symbolize the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These sacred elements come together to be a symbolic star which adorns our Christmas tree. The Cross. The cross reminds us of the suffering of Jesus, but it also reminds us that through him and his suffering, we have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Often on a Christmas tree, you can find several types of crosses. There's the Jerusalem cross, a center cross with four other crosses in each quadrant, which reminds us of the four gospels and the message of Jesus which went forth from Jerusalem. Another cross found on a Christmas tree is the Celtic cross, originating from the Celts of Ireland. The circle symbolizes eternity or the unity of man. The Latin cross can also be found on our Christmas tree. This cross is a reminder of Jesus' suffering, which provides the gift of everlasting life. Then there is the Tau cross, it is a cross with a snake that reveals, like that of Moses lifting up a bronze serpent to save Israel, Christ saved humanity after being raised on a cross. Whatever cross you find on a tree, we are reminded of the suffering which the babe in Bethlehem would endure. Angels. Angels are messengers from God. The angel Gabriel announced to Mary, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. 
The angel chorus declared to the shepherds, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. As we gaze upon the angels of our Christmas tree, we remember these majestic heralds of Jesus' birth. Butterflies. Butterflies have come to symbolize the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The caterpillar dies to its current being and enters the cocoon stage. Isolated from the world, then emerges a totally new creation. Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried to arise from the dead on the third day. The butterfly can also symbolize our new life in Christ. We are cast away an old life and through the work of Christ are born again to emerge to be a new creation. While this is not a perfect analogy, the butterfly does remind us from Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. A crown with seven peaks. The crown represents the kingship of Christ and his place in honor at the right hand of God. Jesus is Lord. The number seven symbolizes completeness and perfection. The seven-point crown highlights the number seven, which is used 735 times in the Bible. The seven points remind us of Christ's complete and perfect victory over sin and death. As we look to this beautiful ornament, we recall the words from Revelation 3.11, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. We also remember the sign that was placed at the cross, which meant to be mocking, but instead proclaimed the truth of Jesus. Jesus, King of the Jews. The dove. Represented by the dove, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at the time of his baptism. We read in Matthew 3.16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. The dove helps us recall Jesus' baptism, and it also helps us recall our own empowerment by the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, we read of the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the earlier follower, earliest followers of Jesus. As the Spirit was with Jesus and the early followers, so the Holy Spirit is with us today as we worship and explore the gorgeous symbols upon our tree. The Bethlehem star, or the five-pointed star. The star with five points announced the birth of Christ. Matthew 2 recalls the journey of wise men. They went to Herod saying, Where is this child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. A star guided them to find Jesus. Then a prophecy from the Old Testament foretells, A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. Jacob fathered 12 sons, which became the tribes of Israel. Jesus was of the tribe of Judah. As we gaze upon the Chrismon, we recognize that the star continues to lead the way to Jesus. The sheep and the staff. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. The psalmist proclaimed, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Both scriptures remind us of the comfort and care we find in Jesus, our good shepherd. Jesus cares for us, as a good shepherd cares for his flock. He is the shepherd who would leave the 99 and go and find one lost sheep. The fish. Persecuted followers of Jesus used the symbol of a fish as a sign to identify themselves secretly. The initials ichthus, the Greek word for fish, represent Jesus Christ, God's Son and the Savior. 
This symbol was a way that the early church could identify with each other without the risk of martyrdom. Perhaps they used the symbol because Jesus called the disciples to be fishers of men. We remember when Jesus would fish with the disciples on the Sea of Galilee and ate fish with them after his resurrection. As we gaze upon this symbol with wonder, may we remember our call to be fishers of men just like the disciples. Sandals. Many images come to mind when we look at sandals. On Jesus' last night with his disciples, the disciples took off their shoes and, washed, and Jesus washed their feet, reminding us that the Son of Man came to serve and not be served. We also remember those sent forth to proclaim the good news of Jesus. In Matthew 28, Jesus commissioned his disciples to go forth and preach the good news, making disciples of Christ. The sandals remind us the commission to go forth into the world and tell others about Jesus, fulfilling the words of the prophet, how beautiful upon the mountains the feet of him who brings the good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says, our God reigns. I hope you've enjoyed this exploration of the Christmas. This is only a few of the chrismons that hang upon our tree. All of these ornaments are handmade. I think of the countless hours that you and some of the great saints of this church put into creating these beautiful works of art. And they are works of art. Not only adorning our tree during this Advent season and Christmas, but also helping us to look toward Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. I encourage you over the next few weeks to take some time. Come to the tree. Find the ornaments. Find some that weren't shared today. Find out their meaning, their special meaning about how they are truly a monogram of Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and the beautiful traditions of our faith. We thank you for the decorations which adorn our sanctuary, not only bringing the sanctuary to life, but drawing us closer to you. In this holy season, which is ahead, help us to have eyes and a heart for you so that we might be renewed. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 196. Come thou long expected Jesus as we stand and sing.
just a few items before you receive the benediction. Um, we need a few able-bodied men to stick around after worship and help us remove the pulpit. So if you can do that, we would, it would be much appreciated. Also, a word of thanks to the children for your help with the service today. Uh, next Sunday at 5 o'clock, they will be performing in our annual Christmas uh, play. So you don't want to miss that. Also, uh, a word of prayer and sympathy uh, for uh, the family of Jeff Blackwood who passed away this past week and a word of prayer for George and Lori Varner. George has moved into a new phase of battle against cancer and I want to invite you, we have a prayer blanket in the prayer room off to the side and if you would like to pray over that blanket which will be given to George and Lori this afternoon I encourage you to do so. That's a gift to them in prayer from their First Methodist family. And now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. <clears throat>